Rewind it back to the days of chillaxing on the beach and all-day fun with Spring Break on DraftKings Casino. Play exclusive games like Fan Fave Rocket. The excitement is endless, the vibes are right, and the cash prizes could be huge. New players, start playing with just 5 bucks and get 100 back instantly in casino credits. Download the app and use code RTFP to book your one-way ticket to fun with DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast because I never do that to you guys. Never, ever, ever. I bring it every episode, 30 minutes approximately, making sure you know everything going on around the National Football League. You get the former players' perspective, and you get some wonderful guests like Jim Nagy, the executive director of the Reese's Senior Bowl, who will join me momentarily. I do have to tell you, we are presented by DraftKings. I love those guys. I love DraftKings. Whether it's Daily Fantasy or Sportsbook, please do it over there. That supports the show. I also love those of you that take the next step to help us grow, whether it's social media or taking advantage of a sponsor, whatever. I will announce this week's winners a little bit later. I am that excited to get to our guest first and foremost. The Big Show. All right, so he's been on the show before. So a lot of you probably remember him. Jim and I were, I guess, I don't know what the term would be. I was a player. He was a scout. I don't know if we were teammates or colleagues or what would you call that, Jim? It was Washington, 2001, and then New England, 2005, 2006. If you're a scout for the team and I'm a player for the team, are we teammates? Are we colleagues? What are we going with? Hey, man, we're teammates. We're all pulling in the same direction, right? We're all trying, we're trying to win a Super Bowl. Absolutely. Um, and, of course, the one year I was with the Patriots, we lose in the divisional round. I didn't even get to the conference championship game. And then they trade me the next year to Cleveland for a conditional seventh-round pick, which, as you know, Jim, is the highest honor that can be bestowed upon an NFL player, the vaunted conditional seventh-round pick. Check out Jim, by the way, on social media at Jim Nagy, N A G Y underscore Super Bowl, oh, Super Bowl, SB, Senior Bowl. <laughs> and check out at Senior Bowl. I love the Reese's Senior Bowl for a million reasons. It's by far the best pre draft all star game. And I literally am going to go later today to the Hotel Hershey, 10 minutes from my house, to meet up with Andrew Brandt who happens to be there. I'm having lunch with Andrew Brandt in Hershey 
nice. right near the factory where they make Reese's, which is amazing. I love even the shirt for people watching at youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. That's a heck of a logo you got there, Jim. Yeah, it's a it's a good it's a strong logo. Um, that's cool. Andrew's going to be up there. I'm, I I miss being up there. I haven't been up to Hershey in a couple of years, but uh, and I will say this. Let, let's circle back on the teammates thing. Not even close to what you were doing in the locker room. The locker room is the most important thing. You guys were way more important than, than any scout has ever been. Um, but hey, man, I I still think we were teammates. I totally agree, and I know what you mean. I'm curious, Jim. Before we get into you know the Senior Bowl this year and this year's draft. Because obviously, by the nature of what Jim does, you know, think about it. 18 years as an NFL scout, so he's as qualified as anybody, probably more so because he is living and breathing this every day to talk about this draft class. How are you liking the role, Jim? Do you miss being on a team and feeling like you are trying to win a Super Bowl? Or are you enjoying all the different challenging aspects of the senior bowl and trying to grow that thing. Uh, yeah, this time of year, I do miss, um, I miss the April draft meetings. I miss the strategy. Um, yeah. Draft day is, is different now. Um, so I, I, I miss parts of it, but I love this job. It's been an awesome job. Uh, you know, it's allowed me to grow in a lot of different areas because it's not just football. I mean, you're, you're involved in sponsorships and community stuff and, um, you know, obviously media like we're doing right now. Um, it, it, it's been a, it's been a challenging job. It's been a ton of fun. Uh, it's been a ton of fun. Like we announced our Senior Bowl Hall of Fame this morning. Um, it was fun putting that class together and connecting with some of the, you know, the Vaughn Millers and the Patrick Willis's and uh, Philip Rivers. Great class. Dak, Dak Prescott, Kevin Falk. That was kind of our five man class this year. So we got it. We got that event in the summertime attached with a celebrity golf event. So there's some really cool things year round that make this job a ton of fun. Again, connecting with the mobile community uh, with a lot of stuff we do down here, but uh, but no, and I and I love the challenge of putting a roster together. Again, I, I worked for 18 years uh, in the National Football League, and I, I never got to make a decision. Um, <laughs> I, I get to I never made a pick, um, and here I get to pick like 125 guys a year. So um, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun, Ross. It's a lot of fun. You know what, Jim? I got to be honest with you, man. That would be very difficult for me. That would be very not what you're doing now, but think about scouts. You you invest your whole day. I mean, your your whole year. You're traveling hotel to hotel. You're grinding, and then the decision maker, or heck, maybe it's the owner or the coach. They just don't take your. They just don't care what your opinion is, or they take it into account and they decide to do something else anyway. I mean that. I feel like that would drive me nuts, man. Um, you know, it's just it's 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 about it's bigger than you, right? Um, all scouts want us to have a voice. They and they just want their voice heard. At the end of the day, if if the decision maker, the GM, head coach, in Washington's case, the owner, sometimes that happened my one year in Washington, the owner um, made made a couple of those picks the year I was in Washington, uh, but. Um, you just, you just want to say if they go in a different direction, so be it. I mean, you're being paid to give your opinion. Uh, it is a grind Ross. I mean, I, I will say that about the scouting life. I mean, I don't, unless you've done it, I don't think you can appreciate how hard that, that life is being on the road 200 nights a year. Um, and just, you know, staying from going from Fairfield to Fairfield to courtyard every week. Um, so it's demanding. I used to get asked a lot, like flying on planes and I'd have my laptop up and watching tape on a plane and, 
people would ask, you know, do you love what you do? And I'm like, of course you do. If you didn't love it, you, you wouldn't do it. It's, 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 uh, cause the quality of life is not great. Um, but again, it's, it's a collective effort. And, uh, I know every team I was a part of, you, you get behind every pick. You're just excited about the guys that can hopefully come in and help you get to that Super Bowl. Senior bowl this year. Uh, give me a couple guys that really stood out to you, really impressed you. It is always noteworthy to me, Jim, how much of an impact it can have on guys' draft status. I mean, there's guys like Travis Jones or Christian Watson, uh, just two names off the top of my head that nobody was talking about as potential late first rounders, literally nobody, till they came to the Senior Bowl and performed well. And now that seems like a real possibility for them. You know, I guess two-part question, which, by the way, you're never supposed to do. But just uh, guys that's out to you this year and just how cool it is for you to see the impact that a guy's senior bowl week can have on their draft status. Yeah, I mean, Ross, I promote the heck out of this game, man, but it's easy for me because I do believe in it. I really believe in the value of the game and coming down here and being around these decision makers because, again, it's one thing to have a scout like me on the road going into draft meetings talking about a player, but these GMs and head coaches, they're huge. They're, they're just huge. They're just guys like us. Right. And like, they feel more connection to the guy, to the guys they evaluate themselves. That's just human nature. Um, so if they're down here seeing these guys and they, they don't have a chance to get out in the fall and see a lot, see a lot of college games. So um, no, I, I do believe in the value of the game. I think every year you can, you know, look at, 25, 50 players that, that help themselves immensely. So in this year's group, yeah, a couple of the guys you brought up, I think Christian Watson, um, you, you can always point, point to the small school guys, right? Like Christian Watson was probably a fourth or fifth round pick before coming down here. That's where we had him graded. That's where the league, you know, I, I do vet these guys out um, when we get to like the back end of the roster. I bet these guys out with the NFL to make sure we're bringing um, the guys they want to see. The rosters are for them. So um, you know, the league had Christian Watson on day three. Troy Anderson, the linebacker from Montana State, was a guy that, you know, he was kind of a late addition for us in December. Uh, we really liked Troy's speed on tape. He was, you know, he's a converted offensive player, running back, quarterback, has maybe the coolest resume of anyone in this draft class. Um, but when, when we vetted him out to the league, there, there was still a handful of teams that saw Troy Anderson as a Taysom Hill gadget player on offense and special teams guy. Um, and now you tell you, so he's probably like a fifth or sixth round pick. Now you talk to teams. It doesn't sound like he's getting out of the top 50 picks. Um, he could go somewhere in the middle of the second round. So those are huge, huge jumps. And then, uh, yeah, Travis Jones is a guy that, that, uh, you know, played his butt off down here, kind of, kind of played down here. What I thought he would play on UConn tape this year. It didn't really come together for him for whatever reason. And then I think the other guys that really benefit, are guys that are maybe used a little differently than they were used in college. So like Jalen Petrie at Baylor was more of a slot, you know, um, you know, apex defender for Baylor. He played more high safety here, was on the hash more. Um, you saw him in a lot of more, uh, you know, more man coverage situations than the one-on-ones. And then a guy like Perrion Winfrey, who was a, you know, a zero tech, two tech, playing head up on the center of guard his whole, whole career at Oklahoma. Um, and then he comes down here and they shade him over the guard at three technique and, and they can't block him all week. So, uh, now you've got a guy with almost, you know, 35 plus inch arms, super explosive um, that can get upfield and, and, and create havoc. And again, so those guys, guys like that, um, I think helped themselves a ton as well. Such a great point. Both of those, the small school guys proving they can do it against the bigger school guys. 
and then guys that maybe had a scheme that was somewhat limiting or maybe not the best for their skill set. It's funny that the names you mentioned, Jim, I called the national championship game FCS for Westwood one. So I saw Watson. Um, I saw Anderson Anderson's uh, resume is crazy. I mean, he's the all time touchdown leader in school history, rushing played quarterback, then running back. Uh, and he's big. I mean, he's, he's, I, I saw him on the field. He's a nice size kid and he runs extremely well. And then Watson, somebody has to explain to me how a kid that big and fast from Tampa got to North Dakota State. Those are the things that like blow me away. He is big and he is fast, fast. I mean, they would give him the ball on reverses. I mean, he's there. Uh, I remember, and, he, and I thought, okay, where is he from? Minnesota or Nebraska? You know what I mean? Like, figured he's probably from Minneapolis. I'm like, Tampa? How does he? I mean, honestly, Jim, I know, a, I know an FBS program that as soon as North Dakota State offers a kid, they get an alert and they watch the kid because they know that they're that good at finding guys. They are. A couple stories on those two guys, Ross. So, one, I, I can't remember the player, but there is a guy at a Power 5, a legitimate prospect as well, I can't remember who it is, that went to Christian Watson's high school. So, all these Power 5s were going in to see that guy, and none of them took Christian Watson, which is crazy. It's not like he was just at some high school in Tampa that nobody was going to, so they just missed him. They were there to see this four- or five-star guy, and they didn't see the six-three guy that can that runs, you know, four threes. Um, so, so that's incredible. And then, and then the Troy Anderson thing. I'll say this about Troy: like there hasn't been a player in my four years here. And they, again, that's not like a huge sample size, but um, you know, it's over five hundred players. Um, nobody surpassed my expectations more than Troy. Like he, again, the 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 size that he is six zero three seven. So he's right right under six four. He's a big guy. The speed showed up. You know, he goes to Indy and he runs 4-4-2 officially. He's the fastest linebacker at the Combine. That did show up on tape. But what didn't show up, that what showed up down here was better change of direction. Had some reservations on that. You saw that in coverage. I mean, the guy can stick with people. His, his instincts on defense, his reactions were way better down here than they were on Montana State tape. And again, part of that, you're giving him a, you're giving him a, a little bit of a pass as an evaluator because he'd only played on defense for two years. But to kind of see it all come together um, against against really good competition down here, the instincts part really started to, uh, you know, show itself. So he was, you know, that guy's helped himself more than anybody. Now, yeah, they're, they're probably both going to go at minimum in the second round. And like you said, I see Christian Watson being mocked in the in the late first to the, the Chiefs and the Packers and a lot of these mock drafts. So, um, yeah, both those guys are incredible stories. Yeah, not to spend too much time on those guys. I think I heard that Watson might have been like 5'11", 6' foot in high school. Somebody, or maybe when he was a junior or something. So I, I think, I'm going to try to say that that was the reason. Because I think somebody said that to me. And then I'm totally with you on Anderson. I didn't love his instincts or his ability to get off blocks. But he just hasn't been doing it very long. It's kind of like, you know, Micah Parsons at linebacker, right? He just ha hadn't done it that long. And you know there's a lot of ability and, and, the, and the chance to do more. Give me um, – talk to me about, Jim, overall this year's draft. Maybe strengths and weaknesses that you see overall. Just kind of a big picture for people that don't really get into the weeds, but they want to know kind of what this draft has and what this draft doesn't have. 
Well, I think it's been talked about a lot, Ross, that maybe in that top 10, top 15, there's a, you know, a lot of like true slam dunk, check all the boxes, difference makers. Right. And that's, and that's what you want to get when you, when you bottom out and you, you win single digit games and you're drafting up high, you, you hope you can get a guy like that. Um, and, th- and this draft might not have um, as many as, as some other years, but what it does have is, is really good depth for one. Uh, we just talk about my first three years, our first three years of the senior bowl um, going into the fall, we are around 500 names on the board after doing all the junior tape. And that's, that's all levels. That's, you know, D three all the way up to uh, FBS this year, because of COVID and the guys, you know, using that opting to use that extra COVID year, we were over 700. So it added about 200 names on our board um, for our game. So that number is swell. So you're going to, you're gonna have a day three is gonna be really good. You're gonna you're gonna get a bunch of guys that make teams out of the sixth and seventh round this year. Um, so that's really good depth. And I really think the meat of the draft, rounds two through four are really good. Um, you know, I think where you know, if you're a team in the teens, you almost want to trade back because you can get the same player in the 30s and probably into the 40s that you can get in into the late teens. Um, so I think there's that's a really good meat of the draft. I think you're gonna you're gonna see a lot of teams wanting to trade back. I think the problem's gonna be you know, trying to find a partner that's going to want to come up. What about guys in particular that you are higher or lower on than, you know, the consensus or where you're seeing them go on mock drafts? Oof, that's that's a good one. Um, you know, there's some guys that the hard part for me, Ross, with this job, when you're a scout, you block out all the noise. Like, I, I'm on Twitter all the time now for this job. I have to be. But I never had a social media account. I didn't pay attention to anything. Right. I always tell young scouts, like, form your own opinion first. Watch all the junior tape. Get into the fall. Watch the senior stuff. And then when you feel really convicted on what the player is for you, then it's okay to kind of open up and see what else is out there um, to gauge other opinions. There's nothing, nothing wrong with that. Hard part for me is that I see the narrative's already been spelled out on a lot of these juniors that I haven't watched. And then I circle back on those guys, you know, in February, March, and April um, and and do some work for teams. I'll have buddies call me like, hey, can you look at this guy for me? And uh, it's hard. It's hard. You know, every year there's some juniors that stick out. You're like, man, how is this guy being talked about as a first-round pick? Like, I just don't don't see it. Um, There's a few guys in that category this year. I won't name names because that'll upset agents. And then we got to get players in the game next year and I can't piss agents off. All right. So how about guys you're higher on? <laughs> um, you know, a guy that I, a guy that I love and again, may, everyone likes him. He's a really good player, but um, Zion Johnson from Boston college to me is you talk about conviction. That's what this whole evaluation thing's about. Zion Johnson to me, there's no way you're going to miss on the, on the guy. He, he reminds me of Rodney Hudson as a player. Um, you know, we drafted Rodney when I was in Kansas city and he's had a phenomenal career, you know, multiple Pro Bowls, all that. But when you get to t- spend time with Zion and to see how intelligent he is and how driven he is, like he'd never played center in a competitive environment before the Senior Bowl. He embraced that challenge. He was down here after practice. He's the only guy in the last four years that I remember staying after practice to work on his craft. He was out doing shotgun snaps well after practice one day. Um He's just wired right, Ross. You know, like to me, if you draft him, everyone, you'll, you'll debate. You're probably, you're, you're in, in the minority here, but, you know, a lot of people think you can wait on interior offensive linemen. But to me, if, if you're drafting a guy you're convicted is going to go to multiple Pro Bowls, what's wrong with taking that guy in the middle of the first round? I, I don't think that's too high. So 
Um, you know, if you can draft, if you can draft that player, it doesn't matter if you take him at 15 or 25, who cares? Um, so I, I think, I think Zion's a guy that, uh, you know, I have a lot of conviction on. And, and, and again, like Perrion, Winfrey is a guy that um, not seeing a lot of mock drafts right now. And again, I, you never want to overvalue any part of the process. Um, even the senior bowl, like I think there's I think there's the limit. You don't want to be jacking guys up around the board. But in a case like Perrion's, when you see, you know, the usage be so different and him be such a different player. I think you have to say, like, oh, my God, like, how lucky are we that we were able to see him do what we think you know, a lot of teams were probably projecting him to play three technique, but hadn't seen it. Now you've seen it. So, the, you know, I, I just take a lot of investment in what he showed here in Mobile that, that week. You know, it's funny, Jim, because every year in free agency, these interior linemen, centers, guards, they get paid. Like Brandon Sheriff, like they get paid a lot. Right. So the logic of not taking them high makes no sense because – that's the, the market is what the market is when they become free agents and teams are like, we need that guy. So if you can get a guy that you like, like Zion Johnson, then do it. The other thing is last thing. And this is just, I, I was at up at Penn state recently. And um, I didn't realize this Jim that I had them do like, do, do the, my height and weight, and everything. And I guess my, I knew my hands weren't that big, nine and a half. Um, I was six, four and three, eight. So I think I've shrunk a little bit. Maybe <laughs> I knew I had short arms, Jim. This is 2001. I'm undrafted at a Princeton. So nobody ever even told me <laughs> my arm length, Jim, 30.25. 30. The combine had two guys under 30. So why am I saying all this? Right. I think I was probably below average in every single category, but being honest, like way above average competitive toughness, way above average football IQ. And like, that's why I was able to last for seven years. You talk about the makeup or whatever, like Zion Johnson, that matters a lot, especially for offensive linemen. Especially for offensive line, Ross. Like I, if you're going to air, and this was, this was told to me when I first got into scouting and, and I've, I've seen it. I've seen it over and over. It's it's a truism in scouting. Like if you're going to give in any one area with an offensive lineman, give on athleticism. I will take I would take a lesser athlete on the offensive line if he's got high end football makeup, competes, tough, smarts, all that you know, durability, all that stuff that makes good NFL dependable linemen. Uh, I would take a lesser athlete, right? Than a, than a high end athlete that maybe is average in all those other categories, you're going to end up with a better pro that has the stuff that you have, right? Um, I think that's the one position on a roster where you can really do that. Um, you know, I think you want high-end athletes across the board, maybe everywhere else, but I really feel like all those other compensating factors with the makeup apply most offensive line. Check him out on social media at Jim Nagy underscore SB. You can check out at Senior Bowl as well. It's an unbelievable event. Jim's an awesome guy. Really appreciate the time, Jim. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks, Ross. I appreciate it, man. You do great, do great work, man. It's been fun watching you kind of take off with this media stuff, man. Keep doing, keep, keep doing your thing. Thanks, man. Likewise, really appreciate it. I also really appreciate Lumen Skin. This is awesome. I'm like a week in with it. My wife is showing me how to use all of it. Right before I go to bed, I put the gel under my eyes 
for the under eye dark circles, the wrinkles. It's really easy. All you have to do is take a two minute quiz on their website and they'll tell you exactly which routine is best for you based on your skincare needs. All of their products come with instructions. So it's really easy to protect your skin from potential damage or future acne. Plus, they only use natural ingredients that actually work. Listen, I know for most of you, you're probably like me, skincare is not a high priority, but why not? Like, what if it's really simple and takes less than like 90 seconds of your day and can make a difference? Why not? I'm all over the gel that I put on. I got the charcoal washes. It's awesome. Level up your skincare game with Lumen Skin today. Go to lumenskin.com slash Ross to get your free trial of Lumen's products. That's L-U-M-I-N skin.com slash Ross to get your free trial of Lumen's products. Lumenskin.com slash Ross. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Ross, good morning. Well, we have talked a bunch this week about guys like Debo Samuel, A.J. Brown, Terry McLaurin. Uh, not happy with the money that they're getting playing on these rookie deals. Well, Debo officially comes out, tells Jeff Darlington that he's requested a trade from San Francisco. Wow. Uh, yeah, this is, this is really interesting. It's obviously huge news. He's a tremendous player. He and George Kittle, I would say, are the two most impactful skill position players for the Niners, with Samuel being the most dynamic. What makes this one different, what makes this one interesting, is that it's not about the money, reportedly. I I don't know how it got to this point, because... Supposedly, the Niners are willing to pay him a lot of money. Debo has decided, or maybe his agents helped him, or maybe it's family and friends, but it appears to be about usage. He didn't want to get into it, but I don't think he wants to be running the ball that much. I don't think he thinks that that's good for the longevity of his career. You know, he wants to get, he's obviously going to get a big second contract. He wants to play all that second contract. He wants to get a third contract. You know me. I will never begrudge a player doing whatever they think is right to get the most financial security that they possibly can for their family. Never. I guess my question is, can't they figure it out with the Niners that maybe they only use them on one or two runs a game? Or... You know, who's going to trade a lot for Debo and give him more than $20 a year and then not ever have him carry the ball? 
I mean, that's part of why you want to trade for him in the first place is how dynamic he is with the ball in his hands. But evidently, he doesn't want the ball in his hands as much. This is a really unique one. Really unique one. Going to be fascinating to see how it plays out. Now that it's public, I think he probably does get traded. And I think the Niners try to draft somebody else very similar to Debo Samuel. And they get a bunch load of picks from a team like the New York Jets who have some familiarity with him and they need a player like him for Zach Wilson would not surprise me at all. And listen, I I would just say to Debo Samuel, little bit careful what you wish for little bit because Kyle Shanahan is part of the reason why he's going to get paid so much in the first place. Takes. New York Giants are having their voluntary minicamp and one notable no-show, Kadarius Tony. Just don't understand this. It is voluntary. Guys can do what they think is best. You got a new coach. You, you want to be a big part of the offense. They're not sending them the playbook. They're not mailing guys out the playbook. I don't see how this helps him. I can't imagine his agent thinks this is a good idea. I think you want to do everything right with the new GM, the new coaching staff, so that they can trust you, so that you know the offense, so that you become a focal point of the offense, so you get a lot of money. I would love to hear the logic of this one if there is any, as it relates to Kadarius Tony, Ducks takes. A couple of uh, quick points about the Pittsburgh Steelers. Their training camp goes back to St. Vincent College, and we have learned a little bit more about uh, Dwayne Haskins as the details emerge from his uh, fatality. So St. Vincent College is amazing. That setting for Steelers training camp is awesome. I've only been there once. I'd like to go again. It's glorious. And I love teams that go away for training camp. It's just cool. I I just think, and and if it's open to everybody, anybody that wants to come that day can come. That's kind of how I grew up, going to Eagles training camp at Westchester. Then they were at Lehigh. I think it's very, very cool. I understand why they don't do it. So I think it's awesome that the Steelers do do it. As for Dwayne Haskins, it it makes me even feel worse, I think, Bri. Uh, I guess there's there's 911 calls from his wife, and he ran out of gas. So he was walking, I guess, to try to get to a gas station to get gas, presumably. I, I, I don't know. I it's one of those things where it just leaves probably more questions than answers, but something like that makes you feel even worse about it uh, because it just seems like it so easily could have been avoided on so many levels, whether it's making sure you have enough gas or maybe you get an Uber. I, I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm hurting for his family because I can only imagine what they're going through. No easy transition to talking about the winners. No Mike Singletary, wouldn't feel right. I do, though, have winners to give out. 
and I appreciate what you guys do. I appreciate Rob Stanley, who didn't just like Greg Cosell on Facebook talking about Frank Gore as a first ballot Hall of Famer. He loved it. So we love, Rob, that you loved the Frank Gore post on Facebook.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. I also love Scott Parkinson, who got 100 flowers, I believe, for his wife. That's awesome. I think you can still use the code football and we get credit for it over at 100flowers.com. You can also, for Mother's Day, now would actually be the perfect day to get her a story from myfrontpagestory.com. And then the YouTube shout-out, Evan Krylo, I'm going to say, K-R-I-L-O-W. He said, you got a sub, brother. I forget what else he said, but you got a sub, got a subscription. I love it. Just let me know that you subscribe. Make a comment. You can even say just that. Hey, I'm, I'm just here for the, for the free cameo. I'm just here for the YouTube shout-out, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. I love it. Have an awesome weekend. I'm going to be tailgating on Saturday at the Penn State Blue-White game. I never get to go to a game with my family. I never get to tailgate. I can't wait. Going to be awesome. You happen to be there, say hello. A couple of daddy sodas before the game. Other than that, we'll be back bright and early Monday morning with a special Greg Cosell episode. Yeah, linebackers and safeties with the civilian goat early Monday morning. I think we're done here. Not so fast. We got a shout out to Pizza Boy Brewing, Sporticulture, HumanHeadNYC.com, SteakhouseSports.com, Go-Bengals.com, and of course, Evergreen Economics. Now, I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feasts, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. A lot of times on the show, I mention DraftKings. Here's what you need to know. You got to be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler or in Indiana, 109WITHIT. By the way, if what I was talking about included a deposit bonus, doesn't always, sometimes it does. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough, and deposit bonuses are paid out in site credit.